All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. It's trying to deal with more information than the brain has evolved to handle. They got focused on this. Wanting to focus, not being sure what we'll need in the future. Those acts of filtering, focusing, trying to recall and remember and retrieve. Don't just focus on the middle of the screen. Allow your brain to rest and then go back and actually understand what you want to do. It's Note to Self, and this is Day 3 of Infomagical. I'm Manoush Samarodi. If you're new to the project, welcome. This week is about making information overload disappear. With a week of challenges designed to help you organize your overwhelmed brain and think more clearly. Focus. To make the most of the project and personalize your Infomagical experience, sign up at wnyc.org slash infomagical. Now, what you'll be doing today. On day three, you're going for a magical brain. Instead of asking you to do something specific today, we're actually asking you to not do something. Today, you need to avoid a meme or a trending topic or a must-read or whatever article, video, or GIF that everyone in your world is consuming. You are only going to consume information that gets you closer to your information goal. And in turn, you're going to reveal your brain's hidden capabilities. Now, I know the Iowa caucuses this week. But unless your goal is to be up to date on the news, try and be content with just knowing the results. You don't need to read every think piece or follow every Trump hashtag or share every Bernie meme. Just to be clear, it's not like I don't appreciate a good meme. But even the perpetrator of one of the most shared memes out there knows it's possible to have too much of a good thing. My name is Kate Holderness. I'm BuzzFeed's Tumblr editor. And Kate, if you had to say kind of what you're most famous for, what would it be? I am most famous for being the person who posted the dress. The dress. Yeah. For the one person listening who has, doesn't know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. phenomenon, does that cover it, this post? Yeah, it was a global phenomenon, I think. How well did it do in the end? We should just say it was a blog post that posted a picture of a dress and people were up in arms divided about whether the dress was indeed gold and white 
or blue and black. Correct. It was a Tumblr post, and I posted it on BuzzFeed.com, and it currently is sitting, I think, just under 39 million views. 39 million views. I think the dress was a great meme, and I do not begrudge the time that I gave it, right. that I spent with it. The problem, though, is that then every meme that comes my way, I'm thinking, oh, maybe this one will be as good. <laughs> it's never going to be as good. Well, I, I mean, I've it's really myself. never going to be as good, yeah. right? But the problem is I'm going to keep looking for it because I've sort of thought, well, maybe I'll get that feeling again, like the angry, bewilderment, amazement that I had with the dress or, you know, other memes that have come my way that I have enjoyed. But they're pretty rare, the good ones. Do you ever – I mean, I know you have a job at BuzzFeed, but do you ever just say like, nope, not today, folks, not going to look at the memes, not going to – Read the must-read, not going to see the trending topic, because I have to focus on something. Oh, I think that's fair. And I take my days off. You know, I definitely feel information overload. What does it feel like to you? It's both emotionally draining and psychologically stimulating in a really unpleasant yes, combination. That's a perfect description. Today, Kate's, you, dear listener, me too. We all take a day off from whatever everyone's talking about. And I've got to be honest, my thing isn't memes. It's articles that are so good that links to them follow me around all day on Twitter. Or my producer, Ariana, emails it to me first thing in the morning, and then she comes into the office and she says nothing, right? She just raises her eyebrows at me in an expression that says, did you read it? Yeah. Like that piece on endometriosis from Lena Dunham's Lenny newsletter? Everyone in my world was talking about this. So good. So good. Did you read it? Yeah, I read it, but I couldn't quote a single thing that was in it to you right now. And I don't have endometriosis. And frankly, I should have been reading something more about apps or encryption or how kids adjust to kindergarten or something more pertinent to my life that day. Today, we're going to try it. Read, listen, Watch only things that get you closer to reaching your info-magical goal today. Savor it. Really try and retain the information. Make whatever you consume count. Mark it in your mind. And as you do, keep in mind that people have been dealing with this problem for hundreds of years. Every day you feel information overload, just think back to the 13th century. And so a text like Aristotle's works are coming into the West for the first time, are incredibly exciting, and this is a first moment of overload of sort of... Anne Blair teaches history at Harvard University, and she's the author of Too Much to Know, Managing Scholarly Information Before the Modern Ages. One genre in particular that originated in the 13th century was a sort of collection of best bits of all those books you won't be able to read by a Dominican lector or reader whose job it was to read for others in the community, all those things. I, mean, I, I, I just can't even believe that that's what you're saying. Like, I laugh at how many newsletters or best of roundups I read, and I feel like I'm kind of at the cutting edge. <laughs> and like you're saying, in the 13th century, they were doing best ofs. That's hilarious. Absolutely. 
So information has been overwhelming people since the printed word first appeared. And how would people through the ages express this idea of information overload? I mean, we say, oh, I'm totally maxed out or like I don't have the bandwidth. What would people say? Well, they apologized a lot for working in haste. And often that was an excuse, of course, for sort of apologizing for the errors in their book or things they might have overlooked. But there's definitely a sort of sign-off, you know, in haste. I am so starting to sign off on emails with in haste. Historian Ann Blair says people wealthy enough to be literate sometimes use the term multitudo liborum, or overabundance of books, which, just as today, can be good and bad. In addition to complaining about the overload, there's a lot of enthusiasm for printing, which is making all these books available much more cheaply than before, much more widely than before. It's leading to a democratization, a spread of literacy and access to books. That sort of ambivalence sounds extremely familiar. What are some of your favorite examples of how people in the past coped with this? They talk about how reading without writing is idle. You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. leave fruit for the future. So you should always be reading pen in hand and you should be recording things of interest and recording them in such a way that you can find them again. So really taking the time to make meaning of what you've taken in and why it spoke to you in a particular moment in order to use it later. That's the idea. Exactly. Okay, for our purposes, taking notes is optional today. If you need brownie points, go for it. But Ann Blair does require one thing from her Harvard students, which brings us back to today's challenge. I want to be sure that my students think about concentrating and knowing why they're doing things when they're doing it and keeping a critical eye as they go forward. I mean, that is where I think things really are very different, that there's a need for a self-awareness right now that there has never potentially, I'm, you know, floating this by you, that there never has potentially been in the past, that it is so easy to be washed away in this flood of information that if you don't remember what you're holding on to or why you're there, you just go with it. Right. I would say that pedagogues in the 16th century were very keen on a faculty they called judgment. They would make fun of people (laughs) who copied everything out of a book, for example. That was too much. I guess the modern equivalent would be like making fun of someone who retweets absolutely everything or feels the need to comment with a smiley face on all your Facebook posts. But not today. Today is Judgment Day. Actually, let's go back to what we were calling it at the beginning of the podcast. Avoid a meme. It's less menacing. When someone asks you, did you read? Say no and smile. See how it feels to not know what everyone's talking about and feel good about where you do choose to spend your time and mental energies because you'll know you're getting closer to your information goal, the one you chose when you signed up. I gotta say, this is gonna be tough for me. I can't stand not knowing what everyone is talking about. It's why I became a journalist. But let us know how it's going for you by email or Facebook or Twitter. You will find no judgment there. Texters will be checking in with you later. Rock and roll, people. Infomagical. It's day three. The whole Note to Self team wishes you a magical brain today. Note to Self and Infomagical come from the land of audio wizards known as WNYC Studios. I'm Manoush Zamarodi. 
Day four is tomorrow. A magical connection.